Hey, how's it going, everybody? And welcome to the Debutify podcast, the premier e-commerce podcast brought to you by Debutify. I'm your host, Alex Bond, and joining me today is Jay Gibb, a former software engineer and the current founder and CEO of a B2B SaaS company called CloudSponge. Together with his team, Jay has helped thousands of e-commerce store owners optimize their word-of-mouth sales since 2010. On this episode, Jay and I discuss word-of-mouth referrals versus email and SMS marketing, how to track the efficiency of a word word of mouth campaign, the importance of privacy and security, and much more. Also during the episode, he walks me through CloudSpunch's proprietary contact picker platform and shows me how their program works live on the air. Here it is now. Jay, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Alex. Very happy to have you. So first things first, why don't you tell me a little bit about your company, CloudSpunch? We started CloudSpunch in 2010. And our first product uh, that we launched with was an API, like a REST API, for developers to connect with the world's webmail and desktop address books. What I mean by that is, you know, people store their contacts in Google or Yahoo, like Yahoo Mail, back then AOL, Hotmail, MSN, nowadays Outlook.com, Office 365 iCloud, et cetera. We have, and we, we originally, our first sort of core product was an API for developers to use so that they could have a single point of integration to all those address books. And they didn't, so that they wouldn't have to build their own homegrown integrations uh, with all of those different products. And typically they would use, the, our customers use that for building recipient lists. So for example, they may be building, they may have a user experience or UI in mind where, you know, for an e-card product where, you know, their users are creating greeting cards, like Christmas cards or holiday cards. And somewhere in that journey, when you finish creating a card, you need to basically somehow input a list of all the people you want them to email it to. Or maybe it would be for a referral program for e-commerce or getting the initial word of mouth started for a crowdfunding campaign like on GoFundMe, maybe for inputting an address book to a social network, you know, like you've probably seen on like LinkedIn or Facebook where they want you to give them your address book so that they can help you find all your friends on the network, right? Our customers use our product to build that type of functionality because they're able to just do a single point of integration with our API and not have to worry about integrating with, you know, all of those, those address book providers that, that otherwise they would have to do individual integrations. Fast forward to today, what we have today is still that same core API product that lots of companies use. But we've also built an, a UI layer on top of it that we call a contact picker so that, you know, startups and, you know, smaller organizations or e-commerce stores that are using WooCommerce or Shopify are able to, you know, add a contact picker kind of similar to what you have seen before on your iOS or Android device, right? When you look at your contacts, alphabet, alphabetized list of all of your contacts with the little alphabet down the right margin there, like something like that, except you know, our contact picker works in a browser, like a Safari browser or Chrome browser, and it allows the user to grant permission to read their contacts and then gives them a way to search and sort and select contacts and, and create recipient lists for for whatever the use case is on our on our customers' websites. And it's pretty user-friendly. Just maybe an hour ago, I, I tried it out with one of my Google accounts and it was really easy to find all of my 
contacts. And just like you said, they were alphabetized and everything. It was really easy. And we'll actually do a live demo for one of your clients today, later in the show. I'm curious. So the more I researched this and the more I talk with you about it prior to the show, the closer in similarity I see to say like an email subscription marketing platform or something like that. But there seems to be a bit of a difference here because you're using client lists and addresses. So how do, how does your referral process differ from say email subscriptions? Well, an email subscription is a situation where your user is giving you their own email address, right? They're giving you their own email address to subscribe to whatever, a newsletter or a course or something along those lines. The use cases for a contact picker is where your user is giving you somebody else's email address, like their contact email addresses. They're creating a recipient list of their own contacts for some purpose, right? For example, to maybe to, you know, you everybody's seen this, right? You've seen please input a comma-separated list of email addresses. Yeah. Right? You're expecting your user to type out email addresses from memory, or you're forcing them to switch to a different tab or a different application, different window. And, and copy them and paste them. Oh, it's exhausting. So it solves that user experience friction point where instead of like giving them, like, please enter a comma-separated list of email addresses, you can right beside that, you can put a little button that says like, add from my address book and they just click it and then they can go and just hit checkboxes for all the people that they want. And when they submit it, then there's like a perfectly formatted list of comma separated email addresses, just input it into a form field for them, right? Or if you've got like a more sophisticated form where you want like first name, last name, email address, phone number, you could do that too, right? It's a pretty sophisticated product. Like I said, we've been doing this for 13 years now. So it's, you know, pretty much every feature you can imagine wanting is available. And so it's really absolute best way to make a recipient list where your users are creating some kind of list of other people's email addresses. And that, I think that's how it's sort of fundamentally different from subscription forms, right? Yeah, it definitely makes it a little easier. So, you know, in the e-commerce world, Time is money, so you're saving time, so you're saving money. I'm curious, is is the word of mouth referral proven to be more successful in terms of the actual marketing compared to email and SMS marketing? Yeah, yeah, it sure is. I mean, that's why we're still in business, right? Is because it's working, obviously. You know, we have every every one of our customers kind of has a different level of success depending on how much energy they put into it and how much customization they make and personalization and so on. But sort of as far as like round numbers, like just anecdotally from our customer base, what do we see? You know, less than somewhere between five and 10% of people who interact with a form like that will actually use the address book button. Because, you know, a lot of people, they just want to type in one email address, or maybe they're not comfortable sharing their, their contacts, right? Or whatever the reason is, you'll, you'll get maybe one out of 20 or two out of 20 people will use their address book to populate a field like that or to create that recipient list instead of whatever the alternative sort of lowest common denominator is. Five to 10% of people will generate 50% of the total number of referrals that are sent. So that's why when you go to our website, you'll see words like, like double the performance of your referral program or you know double the performance of this or that. And that, that's the reason why is because those people that really want to do this and they're trying to input five or 10 or 20 or 200 email addresses for like, you know, those use cases where, you know, they're trying to do, you're know, trying to get those rewards or they're trying to, you know, invite 
people to a wedding registry and they're sending it to every single one of the guests of their wedding or something like that. Like those are the those are the use cases where we crush, like absolutely crush. Like there's no there's no comparison when it comes to a user experience that does not have a contact picker. No, that's great. And that's part of why I asked in comparison is because I saw, I think it was a pull quote from the CEO of Morning Brew that said we increased our visibility by 50%, you know, I mean, two times essentially. Yeah, they're awesome. With or without cloud sponge, they just have an awesome product and an awesome team. And like everything about what they're doing is really cutting edge. And so we, we're just like fuel on their fire, right? They're already burning hot. And they, so they already have like a really sophisticated, very successful newsletter referral program. So the way their program works, if I invite people to just join the newsletter, then if I get five of my friends to join Morning Brew's new newsletter, then I'll get like some stickers. I'll get a coffee mug. If for 25, I'll get a hoodie. Like, it's, And every now and again, they'll do a contest where, you know, whoever whoever gets the most people to join the newsletter in a certain period of time will get like a MacBook Pro or something crazy, right? And that interface, if you go to Morning Brew and you look at their interface for referring their friends, right on there is the, uh, the Cloud Sponge, you know, add from contact button. And that's the only part that we can take credit for, right? They've got the whole program and all the rewards and all the fraud scrubbing, all the stuff they do. That's all their own software or other third parties that they're working with. But the one thing that we do and, and that they give us credit for is that contact picker that makes it so that their fans that want to earn these rewards can input those email addresses into the form field in the most efficient way possible. So I'm I'm curious in regard to I know I keep kind of pitting you guys against say email marketing, but that that's that's the closest I can I can kind of compare in my head in reference to saving time is saving money. But with CloudSponge, it seems like the clients are doing more of the marketing for a company, which is which is how you save money. How much money does a company save? paying for CloudSponge's software to implement the referral program versus the money that could be spent um, on email or SMS entire marketing campaigns? Yeah, I don't really think about it as savings, I guess. I think of it um, in my the way, sort of the mentality that I have about it anyway. It's a less expensive customer acquisition channel than most of the other channels, right? So it's not a replacement for something else. It's another channel. It's another distribution technique, a tactic. And it's going to be less expensive than, for example, paid advertising on Facebook or Twitter or search engine marketing. It'll be less expensive than that because, you know, you're dealing with referral marketing. You're dealing with word of mouth marketing where my friend who knows me is sending me an email with their name in it and my name in it telling me, hey, go, you know, go buy this flannel at Dixon or whatever, some place where they know that I like these, this type of product and they want to give me a discount and they want to earn a discount. So the conversion rate is going to be way higher than you'll see with something like search engine marketing. Uh, and, and so the cost of customer acquisition is going to be lower, right? Because it's a pretty unique, I wouldn't say that we like displace something else. I think it's just, it's another piece of the puzzle. You know, if you don't have it, you should add it. Cool. Okay. That's great. Because that actually answers my very next question, which is, it sounds like what I'm hearing you say, Jay, is that Cloud Sponge and the referral program is best used as a complementary marketing strategy as opposed to one that stands on its own. Yeah, I think so. I mean, just to be clear, we don't sell referral program software, right? So, you know, any anybody listening, to this conversation, if they have an existing referral program on their site, 
for example, then they can add the Cloud Sponge contact picker to make that referral program perform better. Okay, great. No, I appreciate that clarification, honestly. Do you want to talk uh, about this contact picker specifically? We, we'll actually do like a, a live demo on the show now for YouTube viewers, but we'll explain it for audio listeners. Uh, yeah, sure. I'd be happy to share it. Yeah, that sounds great. While we're getting that loaded up, I'd like to ask you about the contact picker widget in terms of how it streamlines the referral process. So why why and how does this make it that much quicker? We talked about how quickly you can, you know, find email addresses, but in terms of kind of maybe the software itself, you also very quickly mentioned that this can be integrated into a company's website. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's right. It's just a JavaScript uh, snippet that you can put onto a page, any page, uh, add a button on that page that will launch the contact picker, which I'm about to show you. So maybe the best way to answer your question is just by kind of talking through it. I'm just going to share this page because it's something that everybody can just go to uh, without having to sign up or do anything at all. But you got to use your imagination a little bit. So if you go to cloudsponge.com, uh, there's a live demo link in the top navigation. And when you go there, I'm just going to verbalize this for your listeners that aren't watching the video. When you go to that page, you know, you'll see there's a blue button that says add from address book. That's the button that's going to launch the contact picker. And then there's like a text field, right? And what you have to you use your imagination and imagine that this text field is a text field on your website, right? A text field where you're asking your users to type in somebody else's email address. You're asking them to type in like a comma separate list of email addresses to send coupons or to send a product listing or to send a invitation to a social network or to send an e-card or any situation where you can imagine you want your users to input email address. You, people for another one is like you, you see uh, people have seen this on like uh, travel sites. Like when you book a flight itinerary or an Airbnb, there's a place there. It's like, Hey, like, do you want to send this to the people that you're traveling with? Right. And there's where you're trying to, they're asking you to type in email addresses that aren't your own email address. And you may not have those email addresses memorized, or maybe you need to type a lot of them and moving back and forth between the website and your address book would be too much friction, too inconvenient. Right. So that's what this field here is meant to represent on the, on the live demo. And then if I just click on the add from address book button, First thing you see in this case, because it's the demo, is all of the different address book providers that we support. And the top ones are the ones that are kind of popular in North America or in like English speaking countries, right? Google, Yahoo, Outlook.com, Office 365, iCloud. Believe it or not, AOL, still non zero percentage of people that use our service. <laughs> non zero, I like that. It's single digit percentage, but it's still like, you know, significant enough that people ask for it, right? But then we also support like, you know, UOL, BOL, and Terra, which is kind of like the AOLs and Comcasts of Brazil, or, you know, you know, providers in China and Germany and India and Russia and you name it. So our job is to have integrations functioning with all these different webmail providers around the world. And then our customers can kind of modify this list and pare it down to just the ones that they want to show to their users, right? But just for demo purposes, I'll go into a Google account that we have that's like a, a sample account that's got fake email addresses. You see that we just used a normal delegated or, or OAuth 
permission window that you've probably seen before that you're familiar with, where you're being asked by Google, hey, do, you know, do you give this company, in this case, it's CloudSponge, do you give them permission to read your contacts? Sure. Our customers replace that with their own logo and their own company name, right? So this is this is just ours because it's it's our website that we're using. But we walk our customers through the process of getting their own Google API credentials and putting their own logo on there and, and going through all that kind of process, right? Same thing for Microsoft and Yahoo and, and everybody else. So when I allow permission, the CloudSponge product does its work, and then we see uh, alphabetized list of everybody that's in this address book. In this case, you know, there's 898 fake email addresses in this address book. And these are basically the NHL players from 2019 <laughs> and the teams that they're on. It's just a bunch of fake email addresses that we made up. And so I can search for... But it's sorted by last name too. So it's got first name and last name of the person and then also their email address. That's right. This particular layout has is, is, is sorted by first name and it display... In some cases, we've got address book records where somebody has more than one email address. And so there's a way to, to choose between them. And then there's also customizations available. Like once you actually use the product and start integrating it, where you can, you know, make it display phone numbers instead, or, you know, when you when, when you when you get this data from CloudSponge, you get the entire address book records, right? So you get if there if in this address book record there's multiple email addresses, you get all of them. If there's phone numbers, you get those. There's mailing addresses, you get those. And we have a whole spreadsheet of all the different fields that are available for every different contact provider that we we support. So it's not just the email addresses, although that is sort of the, the use case that's easiest to relate to. And that's why I'm describing describe it that way, right? At the top here, there's a search function, which basically is like a each keystroke updates the search results. So as you as you type, this the number of results goes down, you know, to help you quickly find who you're looking for. So if I was looking for Sean Monahan from the Calgary Flames. I type M-O-N-A and everybody else is gone except for him, right? And then, you know, if I wanted to find somebody else, like in that year we had, back when we had Johnny Goodrow. So I've got these guys from the from the Calgary Flames. You can tell I'm a Flames fan. And then I could just kind of go on and on and select everybody that I want. I can also just search for something that's in the domain name. Like if I, for example, if I was searching for everybody that was, would work for a certain company, it's got a you know a certain domain name for their email address. I can find everybody at once and select all at once, right? That's very helpful. So that way, people with the same slug say, "I want to email everyone who works for this company." Right. In this case, I just you know with one button, I selected thirty-two people, and then you know there's this optional uh, sort of a review process where you can kind of go to the people that you've selected and make a final modification. If you if you change your mind about somebody, you can deselect a couple people, right? Or any, however many people you like. So I just brought this list down to 30. And now when I say, when I click on this get 30 contacts button, actually, you know, before I do that, let me just, let me just show you how this looks. If I put my browser into, into inspector mode so that you can see kind of what it might look like on a mobile device, right? It's a pretty nice list. You get a, you know, obviously it's like a iner inertial scrolling list. 
with a little alphabet down the right side so you can jump around. Just like your phone's contacts, you can kind of sort by A, B, C, D. Yeah. You can jump around real quick. Uh, and then when you're done and you're ready to sort of, you know, select the, the people or like submit the contact picker with the people that you've selected, they're all inputted into this form field that's on your website. And I didn't have to leave my website. I didn't have to type anything. I didn't, I didn't, everything here, there's no typos. Like it, it came directly from my address book with no, with no errors at all. Right. And so, you know, in any kind of situation where you want to make a long recipient list like this, there's really no, there's no comparison. Question for you, Jay, if I have, I don't know, we'll say 700 email addresses and some of them are bunk or they're spam or they're scam or something. And I want to kind of go through and pick different ones. Do I have to go through and, and click, you know, check each specific one that I want to email if I want to exclude other people? Um, because the way you did it, you you kind of grabbed everyone with the Calgary flame slug and put them in that, imported them into the text field you were mentioning. If I wanted to kind of go through and select specific people, I have to go through and, and check each one. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, if if you've got a long list of, of people in your address book, you want to select all of them except for a few, right? Like in this case, I'll just go back. Let's say I want to select all 898 of these people, but there's a few people that I don't want. There's a few people that I prefer not to have, right? Like so you can go the other way around and, and pick them all and then take off people you don't want. Okay. That's right. So you see here, I can deselect Sean Monahan, right? Or I can deselect John and Goodrow. And, and then when I go back to the list, you know, I've got 896 out of 898 have been selected now. Okay. No, that's great. It's really easy. And I appreciate how user-friendly it is. Uh, it's pretty straightforward to anyone who's ever really used a cell phone in terms of how to how to search. And that's that's how I would imagine myself using it is, is importing my stuff or my addresses and my contacts and thinking of all the people that I want to send it to, searching for last name, first name, slugs, um, what have you, and then checking them off and then putting them into the text field because that's really user-friendly and that's kind of how my brain works. Everything here is customizable, right? So the, all, this, all the text that you see on the page, like the get X number of contacts button label can be changed. The select contacts like title here can be changed. Everything here can be changed to just change the language if you want to use different words or if you know you have... You know, you want to make it so that it's in German or Korean or French or some other language. We've got all the language packs that you can just switch between and make it work for whatever locale your customer's browser is set to if you want to. No, that's great. That's really customizable. So my question to you in terms of where this information specifically goes, is it private? Is it stored on a, a cloud sponge server? What happens when I upload these addresses? Good question. It does not get stored anywhere, not on our servers. It just basically gets loaded into the front end of the this particular customer's browser. The only thing that's kept on the CloudSponge servers is a log file entry for like billing purposes or for like troubleshooting purposes if, if somebody you know has a problem so that we're able to see you know the IP address that did the import or whatever for, for GDPR uh, investigations. There's no sensitive data stored. In fact we we wouldn't have we wouldn't be able to have customers like GoFundMe and Airbnb and Nextdoor and Yelp 
like they there's no way they would use a product like ours if we were actually storing all this data they put us through audits on an annual basis right uh, and so uh, we're just a, a data processor under GDPR and CCCP. It's stored in the user's browser in local storage. You can make it so that it expires really quickly. Uh, there's customizations for if, you know, if, if our customers concerned about their website being used on public computers, like at libraries or coffee shops or whatever, there's ways to uh, modify the experience so that you know, as soon as the tab is closed, all the data gets obliterated. Every feature you can imagine when it comes to privacy is available. Uh, and we have, you know, basically some really sane defaults for privacy that can be tightened or loosened depending on the use case and what, what our customer prefers. No, that's a major selling point. That security is, is, is a pretty big deal nowadays, especially. I'm curious what an actual referral looks like or how, how, how that shapes out in terms of maybe the design. Is that something that the company who is using this process designs themselves is that something that you bake in what, what what is kind of that ordeal yeah we don't we don't do that part we don't send emails we don't i mean we have we're opinionated about what a good referral looks like but our software doesn't handle that the closest that we get to handling that is basically with uh, integrations like with third parties where you know for example zapier so you can make it so that all of the selected people in the contact picker get looped over and triggering a zap. But still, it's the zap. It's now integrating with your email service provider, transactional email provider, or you know whatever it is that your database, your spreadsheet, whatever it is that you're using. And it's up to our customers to actually send that email and format it and, and do what they want with it. The one thing that the address book enables is unique that I think some of our some of our customers really appreciate is the personalization fields because right here if you just look what's on my screen we've got let's just take um let's just take uh this first one right justin abdulkader from the detroit red wings his address book record in this address book has an email address it's got his first name and his last name it might have a salutation it might have a company name it might have a job title it might have phone numbers right? All of those fields are provided to our customer. So if they want to say, if they want to create an email where me as their user, I'm able to send my friend an email through your website. And that email says this person's name, Justin Abdulkader, in the email for a personalization field. They're able to do that without making me type his name because the name is coming from the payload of my address book. Right. And it feels more personalized. It doesn't feel like I'm being mass email. That's right. It's like, hey, you know, Jay is sending you an email, Justin. And it's it, you're able to do that level of personalization that I think people are familiar with personalization when it comes to a company communicating with their user that they know that they have a first name and last name for. So they put that stuff in the email, like like hi Jay in the salutation of an email body. But most companies don't personalize a referral email from one user to a new user because it would just be too much data input. You're, you're Not only are you asking me to input my friend's email address, but you're also asking me to type in their name. So you've just doubled the amount of work I have to do to send a referral. Whereas if you're using an address book and you just have to check a checkbox, it's easier in every way. Plus you get the additional 
fields to be able to add it to those referral emails for personalization, which is going to increase your open rate and increase your conversion rate on those referral emails. No, I think that's a great point. And and I really appreciate you walking us through this demo. It's definitely helpful to kind of see it in action a little bit. And and for anyone that's just listening, you can most likely find this video on YouTube if you want to actually watch the demo. So I appreciate you doing this for us, Jay. So moving on to uh, just a couple more follow-up questions that I have. In terms of the analytics that a company can see or have access to, when someone is is referring using the referral software from from CloudSponge, what are some of the analytics that a company can track to emphasize how impactful a client's word of mouth referral was? Yeah, so we're able to we don't get to see everything, right? So we like I just explained, we don't actually send those emails at the end of the process. A little bit out of our field of vision to see like what are the open rates and the conversion rates on those emails, right? So what we're able to report on inside the customer dashboard is everything that is sort of from the moment that our JavaScript snippet is loaded on a page. So in other words, the user views the recipient list creation page all the way to how many people did they select from their address book and submit and everything in between, right? So our, our customer dashboard uh, for all of our customers has a funnel on it by default. It's like how many people loaded the page, how many people clicked on the ad from address book, like it sort of engaging with the, the software, engaged with the contact picker, right? How many people successfully connected with their address book, like got through that uh, permission window that says like allow uh, allow me allow this company to read my address book. And then once they get there, uh, how many people did they select from their address book and submit? And, and then we can break that down into like how many of them were Google versus Yahoo versus Outlook.com and sort of the, the abandonment rates and the, and the sort of the, the entire funnel conversion rate of the contact picker so that anybody who adds this product to their existing recipient list creation form is able to modify it and tweak it and make it better. And you know, most of our customers, once they once they start using it, they'll just reach out to me or they'll do you know a consultation with our team and we'll look at their site with them and actually hold their hand and say, hey, listen, like we've seen a couple thousand of these websites before. And it's well known fact that if you change this or this, or you modify this text or you add this warning label or whatever, you're going to improve the performance of, of the, sort of this area of your website, right? So we take we take the optimization uh, of that area personally, and we, we consider it our responsibility to make sure that our customers are getting the most out of that. For the outside of that, for everything that comes before the contact picker or after the contact picker, we're opinionated because we've seen a lot of this stuff. And so we can offer advice once we see those things. And, a lot, and we, have, uh, we have a category on our blog that's called teardowns, where we've actually gone to some of the best experiences that we've seen and like ripped them apart and, and shown the details and shown the emails and kind of explained the, everything that's sort of around the contact picker to try to help our customers have a little bit more content for inspiring them on you know things that they might like to do in their user experiences too. Other variables that were beyond CloudSponge's control as to why it affected it, it was such a, a high success. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's right. Like like for example, the one we did most recently is a company called Wise. It used to be called TransferWise, like for doing wire international wire transfer company. 
Dude, they're awesome. They use CloudSponge. Uh, and if you if you next time you log into your Wise account, like just look for the referral area. And we have a teardown on our website that goes through the entire process. And we kind of highlight like which is the part of that process that's like the CloudSponge contactor, contact picker part. But there's a bunch of stuff that they did around it that we just absolutely love. And we want to make sure all of our customers like are aware of how awesome it is. So they can go do that too, or they can ask their vendors that are responsible for the referral programs to do that stuff. Uh, and we have, you know, we have teardowns for Airbnb and Nextdoor and Donors Choose and a whole bunch of other like well-known companies out there that use CloudSponge for all the experiences that we were most impressed by. Well, that's great. I, I really appreciate that. And I, I can imagine other people do too, because a lot of, you know, marketing agencies are going to require a fee to say, this is what you should do. This is what you shouldn't do versus someone like yourself who's just saying, this is what worked. And, and that's as simple as it really needs to be. Now, not every solution is a one size fits all one, but it's nice to have a few of them that worked and be able to kind of pick and choose why they worked a la carte and implement them into my company's um, marketing, branding, referral program. We're successful when our customers are successful. So we give away all our content just in the, in the interest of of customer success, right? The more successful they are, the more likely they are to keep keep their CloudSponge subscription, right? No, absolutely. So kind of um, before we wrap up, I wanted to know what where you see the trend moving or the future in terms of how you see this sort of referral strategy evolving in the next five or 10 years with the growing implementation of, of AI in terms of how that software can be used in the digital space, coupled with something like this ability to extrapolate address books. Do you have any sort of opinions on that? There, there's a couple of things I think that are going, like the direction it's going in. AI is is absolutely going to be useful for sorting an address book for, you know, when you're looking at somebody's address book of 2000 contacts, an alphabetized list of people, not as useful as something that might be sorted by AI, where AI can say, hey, by the way, like, you're on a certain type of website that's got a certain type of clientele. This is people that match that demographic within your address book. So we're going to put those first. That type of thing uh, is, is absolutely in our future where, you know, software will start to make really smart suggestions for, you know, who you should be putting in your recipient list based on the context of where you're at and what you're doing. Uh, and then also like the, the world beyond email, right? We already support uh, phone numbers for SMS and other communication methods that aren't email. As we move along the, you know, this journey of social networking and people having usernames in, you know, various apps and platforms and tools, and maybe don't always use email as their primary communication channel, all of those things will, you know, eventually be a part of the address books. There's already fields in your address book right now for social media handles. We see the data, like those don't get used too often in comparison to email and phone number. Phone number is the one that gets used probably the most, especially with iCloud and Android or Google contacts, right? And then email addresses are a close second. Email addresses are, are still very popular and ubiquitous, right? But we're starting to see more and more of those, uh, you know, social media handle fields, like, you know, Twitter handle fields and things like that being used inside address books. Uh, and so we'll get customers and, and leads coming through asking us like, hey, do you, you know, can you provide Twitter handles? And, and, and of course, the answer to that is yes. 
And it's really fun to watch to see what our customers are doing with those extra fields, right? And how they're using those fields for their marketing and growth efforts. Well, we look forward to it. I think that's uh, I think that's all extremely intelligent. I, I'd love to be able to sort something by age, occupation, geography, something like that would be extraordinary in my opinion. So we really appreciate your time. The very last question that I always ask essentially revolves around the fact that a lot of people in the e-commerce space are operating 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and kind of have to make their own schedule and work-life harmony, you know, regards to having a stable mental health is, I think, extremely important in people's livelihood in, in this industry. So my question to you, Jay, is that what are some of your hobbies or interests that you do in your free time to promote a good mental health or work-life harmony? Well, I've got kids. Uh, and so I volunteer whenever I can, right? I, I'm a Cub Scouts leader. My kids are young. participating in the Cub Scouts. I'm one of the Cub Scouts leaders. And, and that, that gives me a totally different gear to be in. It's not like the professional gear uh, where I got to, you know, interact with other people's kids and put together curriculum and, you know, teach things and be crafty and be outdoorsy and do that kind of stuff. So you know, for me, that's uh, that's a really useful, I don't know if you call it a hobby. Uh, and then, you know, re- the other one, I guess, lately uh, is I just kind of dusted off a 3D printer. So I've been really having a lot of fun just making stuff and making, you know, I just made a, a Minecraft nightlight for my son, which was pretty fun. <laughs> my son would love that. Yeah, like a gas. It's like a, it's like a ghost. It's kind of the shape of a squid. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of tinkering around with the 3D printer in my free time and stuff has been a good uh, a good way to to turn off my my professional brain and just do something creative. That's awesome. I'll tell you, Cub Scouts was one of the best things that I remember doing as a kid. I mean, I learned so much doing it. I did the baking competitions with my dad. I learned a lot, you know, about kind of self sufficiency, honor, that whole citizenship. I loved it. I really enjoyed it. So more power to you. I think that's really special. Well, look, Jay, I really appreciate you joining us on the show, walking us through the contact picker. Good luck to you, my friend. Until next time. Thank you for having me, Alex. I'd like to thank my guest, Jay Gibb, for joining me on the show and come back on Tuesday when I talk with Rainus Krumans, the co-founder of an email marketing agency called Agency JR, which builds and scales hyper-profitable email marketing systems for e-commerce and info product businesses. For more information about Jay, you can connect with him on LinkedIn or follow him on Twitter at Circuit5 with five spelled out. To learn more about CloudSponge, visit their website at cloudsponge.com or follow them on Twitter at CloudSponge. That's our show. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you come back to find new episodes being published every Tuesday and Thursday. Until then.